Before we get started, I did want to introduce this next segment, which was actually recorded and should have been released several weeks ago um, in order to be more timely, where we, um, we recognize and thank and address some of the questions that we've gotten via the various modes of social media. Um, and honestly, this one's on me. We, the way this podcast is recorded, we actually record anywhere from four to eight weeks in advance. And um, honestly, when we recorded this, I forgot which episode it was on. And so I had to go and find it and put it here. But we did want to recognize those folks who, uh, who do engage us on social media. And we encourage all of you um, to continue to do so. So thank you very much. So that being said, um, let's go into the mailbag. Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we like mail. We do like mail. All right. So we, we've had um, we've had a couple of people who have reached out to us um, via the the various platforms available. And, and Paul, if I miss something on uh, on Facebook, please let me know. But yeah, um, yeah. We, we have received a couple of emails from from Dan and Brian, and I know Brian has been on the Facebook as well, and um, it, it's really fascinating. Um, so, and, and we kind of talked about this offline before. Dan actually found Progressive Palaver because he was looking for, for new podcasts and thought maybe that Steve Rothery had one. So I guess he typed in Steve Rothery, and we were the only people who came up. Rock on. <laughs> you gotta like so, that. <laughs> um, Dan mentioned that he was amazed that we uh, chose to start with Marillion, and so we explained that. And uh, it's very, very cool, though. He, he says he's about five or six years older than, than us, and he cut his teeth on, on the script album. So whereas we were all like, what's this? You know, that's where he started. That was his gateway. Very, wow. very cool. He's a big fan of Rush, Styx, Yes, Floyd, Tull, and Blue Oyster Cult. So um, I think, you know, he, that, that explains why he's maybe into what we're doing. And he didn't start to like Genesis until many years after his Marillion obsession, which I find interesting. Um, huh. I know some of us here are very, very excited to get into Genesis eventually. And um, so we followed up and uh, provided him. Oh, and he did ask. This was great. He says, thanks. And one last question. What is the track you use for the intro music? So again, after I got this is when I started putting in the info on the uh, on the little description down at the end. But you know, Paul, you want to give credit for the uh, for the intro since sure the the one and only Dave Dewitt, who actually we're gonna we're gonna talk about at the beginning of the King's X episode. I think we mentioned that uh, Dave Dewitt, amongst all of the other brilliant things he does, he has a pretty cool guitar tutorial on how to play over my head. Yeah, uh, the song and the guitar solo, um, pretty pretty awesome, and um, yeah. So Dave Dewitt, Joe, and I were talking about about the podcast, and I said we need a theme song, and Joe said, "Why don't you whip one up, you know, so that we could use one?" And knowing the way my workflow normally goes, I figured oh. we would have <laughs> it by like 2020, but I knew Dave Dewitt would be able to whip it up in no time, and sure enough, I said. You know, I explained him what we were doing, and like two days later, he sent me the theme song. So, so it's 
Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah, it, it, you know, having listened to it so often, every time I edit these things together, um, it, it it's so wonderful to have it. Although I am going to, at some point, see if you can approach Dave and see if we can get, like, you know, a remix or something, just to mix it up a little bit. Oh, sure. Sure, he would be happy to... Um to provide us uh, more music. Uh, as, a, as a plug, you can find Dave DeWitt on uh, wherever you get your music, Spotify, etc. And I will say he has a terrific album called Signs of Life, which is, uh, uh, you know, I would say it's a little progressive, um, but he's an excellent song, uh, songsmither. So he, uh, you know, puts them in beautiful little packages. So Signs of Life by Dave DeWitt, I would check it out. And the uh, the progressive palaver theme is also available on iTunes, as I recall. It is that is true. You can so if download. You really, really like our theme music. It's available. <laughs> yeah. Now here's the interesting thing: as as um, as I followed up with Dan, because again, he's five or six years older than us, which means he was apparently fourteen in 1980, and so his gateway into yes was drama of all albums. Yeah. <laughs> so he describes, and, you know, I, I was only, uh, we were only 10 at the time, so I can't imagine, but he describes hearing Tempest Fugit and Does It Really Happen on the radio so often that he knew he had to get the album. I'm like, I can't even imagine. That would be pretty incredible. He also mentions um, that he has the baseline for Does It Really Happen as the ringtone on one of his cell phones. That's pretty badass. That is right cool. <laughs> I wonder what one does when drama is your entree into the band, yes. And like, like, what's the most, like, what would your normal reaction be? It would either be go back to the first record that they had or go to the one that directly preceded drama which would of course be tormato <laughs> <laughs> which which would put you off of yes altogether <laughs> <laughs> he has um so so dan has some very very interesting um thoughts about yes and uh, i'm not going to necessarily go through all of them but but it, it sort of addresses exactly what you're talking about paul so like first off he wasn't even aware that you know, there was a different singer for drama than the other songs he had heard on the radio. Wow. So, you know, I think I think they did uh, they did that really really well. Um, it's funny he doesn't he doesn't seem to be too into close to the edge. Um, oh. He says he's not a big fan of John Anderson. Never understood his lyrics, which we certainly addressed that. <laughs> we put our heads together, came up with nothing. But but here's 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 the greatest thing that Dan brought up, and I meant to do this myself, and I forgot at the time. He brings up the fact that we never covered America, which is you know sort of a, a big chunk in the in, in the catalog, and so Paul Simon remake of or Simon and Garfunkel remake that yes, song exactly, and I had I had very much meant to bring that up when we were doing it but um i just I, I totally forgot so i think when we do our either our yes lessons learned we can bring it up there yeah. or if we if we actually take a step back and talk about the um the the first two albums we can do it there 
Mm. And and he brings up, and this is very, very timely, but he brings up um, Yes songs as well. So here again, you know, there's something about these live albums that apparently I just, I missed. So I don't know how we're going to yeah. deal with that. But but that was, you know, I've had some very nice uh, email conversations with Dan. And very then... Cool. Um, I will then say I, that if you listen a lot to the Yes songs, you may not really appreciate John Anderson. Because I don't think it's his best... I don't think they captured him at his best. Just yeah, and, and, you know, I've I've owned the album for years, never really listened to it. And our other um, our other new friend Brian, apparently, and I need to check this out. He has an, an album review podcast called Five Minute Music Reviews, and um, he does. I, I actually found him on SoundCloud. Okay, and he does a lot of things in five minutes. So really. Um, so yeah, so he and um and some of those are five minutes. That's a skill um, that we benefit us. We can't do anything. In five <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't even start a Skype conversation. In five minutes. <laughs> yeah, so he's if you find him, you can find him on um on uh, SoundCloud, and he does a lot of. Uh, he has a playlist of five minute uh, music reviews, and um. So they're there for the for the taking, and he spans the. It's not necessarily progressive rock. He goes all over the map with his reviews. It's pretty cool. So he um, he pointed us to a a live album um, slash DVD live at at Cadigan or Cadogan. I'm not quite yeah. sure how you say. It. Yeah, he says it's incredible. Basically, the live version of Less Is More. So. That may be something that um, you know we get into at some point. He also encourages us to reach out to Marillion for some interviews, and apparently, um, let's see. He said Mark Kelly um, re re um, allowed it was interviewed for one of his five minute music reviews, and he says wow. Mosley and Hogarth also often do those. So I mentioned, um, you know, we do have the. Special concert series event coming up next month. We're Marillion, and you guys will be here in Dallas, Texas. Tom, there's still a spot at the table for you, buddy. So we'll definitely look into that. I'll go if Jay and goes. <laughs> and then um, on on Facebook, he he, I, I'm not going to say he dropped the gauntlet, but he certainly provided us with a, a challenge. He suggested that um, that we do an episode where we consider what exactly is progressive music, and then he listed you know his thoughts on the matter and a whole host of album or um, groups that he considers to be progressive. Among those, Tori Amos, which we've already covered. Um, yes, Led Zeppelin, Alan Parsons. Um, yes, Alan Par I said that drama was analogous to Alan Parsons, <laughs> which, which goes back to. You know, uh, the, the previous uh, email, we, we, he probably didn't go from drama to, uh, you know, to Armando. He probably went from drama to Alan Parsons or Floyd. <laughs> um, the, the Cure, which I think is interesting. Kate Bush, which is about as progressive as you go. Um, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Paul, you and I discussed whether or not they were progressive, even though they've always been on the, uh, the docket for... <laughs> For treatment here at the Palaver, yes, the and, epic um, battle over Coil, which is um, <laughs> dangling below. Well, it's, uh, of, like, well, it's, it's progressively bad. 
Oh my God, Tom! Why do you embarrass yourself so badly? People have been asking me that my whole life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I would add. I would. I'm sorry, Joe. I would say uh, one of the more interesting selections that Brian made, uh, and I would definitely consider this progressive, is um, the band Decemberists, which I really like them a lot, and they have some really special things happening. So, uh, really? I think I think the list is impressive, and um, you know, I think I think it might be challenging. Although, I definitely see where he's coming at when he puts Counting Crows on the list. You wouldn't necessarily think of them as progressive, um, but dude, the vocalist, whoever he is, is quite the poet and i've heard some live versions of his tunes and i usually don't like them because they never sound like the recorded versions because he's just really into expressing the lyrics and the meaning and the poetry of the song and it's always different and it's always uh, very artistic so i think i could do that although just by on the face of it i don't know that i would ever really have thought about the counting crows as having any progressive tendencies to them Adam Duritz, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily progressive, but very good. Yeah. And one one other thing, Joe, that Brian sent us was the the ghost track or the missing track from the original Asia album. I don't know if you saw yeah. that or not. That's right. Absolutely. The ride, the ride Easy. So um no idea that that song was ever there and um and so he gave us a live version, which was good, but I have to say that, you know, it was definitely when they were older and more relaxed in their presentation. I did enjoy the studio version a, a little bit better. It was a little bit more spunky, if you will. But Ride Easy, great, great track. Yep. Missing so all these years. So, um, yeah, that was, that was uh, pretty exciting stuff. I did get some sort of off-the-record uh, off remarks on our Star Wars episode from someone who is clearly not in our demographic. And it was it was fascinating because the overall perspective on that movie and the Star Wars saga as a whole was not unsurprisingly very different from ours. And um, yeah, apparently, you know, it, it one of the one of the best quotes here, Luke did not need training. He always had it in him. Very big metaphor for life. So, you know. Ah. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a, a pretty good conversation. And it was it was sort of eye opening um, in the way that um, we slash I was perhaps chastised a bit for for focusing too much on the reality or lack thereof of certain things. Whereas huh. I should have been looking at the, the, the bigger metaphoric picture. So. Well, upon, upon my, my uh, review of our two-hour podcast on Star Wars, which <laughs> I'm, I, I can't believe I actually listened to the whole thing again because I was convinced after, after recording it, I would never even listen to five minutes of it. Um, I felt like I was defend I was defending the movie against Tom's continuous battles the whole time. I felt like Tom and I were like in the in the ring together. So that's what makes it fun. Jay, it I, was 
It was you fun. Liked it was. Uh, Last Jedi? I haven't even asked Jay, or maybe we texted, but I, I, I forget. Well, it you know, a movie that's, what, two and a half hours long has got to have some good parts in it, but uh, mostly I, I am critical of the movie more than I'm praiseworthy. Oh, I could have used you in the podcast. Man, <laughs> I, was the, I was the odd man out. I could have used you. <sighs> there were definitely right. some uh, strange things in that movie. All right. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. The, uh, the sea cow. The sea cow. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about that, too. All your words rang in my head for a week. They're killing the Star Wars that we all know. It just, it, it hurts, man. It hurts. <laughs> well... I am thinking about, uh, I think tomorrow night I'm going to go watch it again, just to oh. go into it with a, with a new uh, I like new it. perspective. And I did see, I, I, uh, I, I tagged Paul on, uh, on Twitter, apparently there's some rumor out that when the Blu-ray slash DVD comes out, it's going to have like two hours of cut scenes, so there's going to be that much more we could talk about. Oh my God. <laughs> Two additional hours. <laughs> There's a montage of the milking scene. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, so that'll that'll cover us for our uh, our social media input. So thanks to uh, to everyone who is following along. And uh, we we do certainly enjoy the uh, the input. It, it's it's really really fun, and uh, we look forward to some more.